listening to Say It Southern, aspiring to live not just as moms, but as modern Southern women, we began this project to hear from those who inspire us and recognize those who are achieving their own personal goals. Listen in as we celebrate the South and those who say it Southern. Today, we are talking with the face of Southern living, Miss Ivy Odom. In this episode, Ivy fills us in on her incredible job with Southern Living. She gives us some of her favorite recipes and cocktails. Plus, Ivy tells us how she and her 18-layer, yes, 18-layer cake helped her to land this dream job. We also learn about the new book out with Southern Living, Southern Cocktails, available now. Join us as we say it Southern with Ivy Odom. Thrilled today to have Ivy Odom, Southern Living. Everybody knows the face. Everybody knows the name because we all watch the stories. We all watch the recipes, the making, the cooking, the doing, the traveling, all the things that you do, Ivy. So we are thrilled to have you on Say It Southern today. Well, I am just so excited we finally get to do this. Well, we've got a lot to talk about today. We've got books to talk about. We've got recipes to talk about, Southern Living to talk about. Um, anybody that listens to our podcast or knows me knows I have, I'm a religious Southern living lady. I've been reading the magazine since I was five. She's know? been raised. She's been, <laughs> been raised on Southern living. On Southern living. So the fact that you work at Southern living and get to do all these amazing things with Southern living is like my dream. <laughs> my dream. I'm not going to lie. Dream too. I think we all have been raised on Southern living. Mm-hmm. So how did you end up at Southern living? Um, Let's see it. My path was a little bit unconventional. I went, I'm a very, very proud graduate of the University of Georgia, Go Dogs. And I majored in something called consumer journalism, which basically just means food PR. I could have chosen a lot of different consumer-related topics like fashion merchandising or child and family development or economics, but I chose food because I love to eat. And I could have majored in like a very specified journalism topic, like from journalism to broadcasting to PR to marketing and advertising. And I just kind of went for the blanket like PR bucket just because that can encompass a lot of things. And during my time at Georgia, I took a lot of food classes and obviously some PR classes. But before that, I was a family and consumer sciences education major. And I switched my major at the very end of my junior year. And that conversation with my parents was a little rocky. I was like, uh, so I know I've gone to school for three years now, but I don't want to do what I've been going to school for. And I want to switch my major. Is that okay? And they said, as long as you can graduate in the same amount of time, do whatever you want. And I was like, yes, Mm ma'am. So I did. And, um, I had emailed this wonderful human named Rebecca Lang, who lives in Athens. And she had a still has a very amazing, cool job that I thought was so interesting. Um, I just kind of like cold emailed her, didn't call her, but kind of went on her contact sheet on her website. And I was like, hey, your job looks really cool. She's a cookbook author and she does like cooking demos all throughout the South. And she's a contributing editor. She was a contributing editor for Southern Living. So she did a lot of the same things that I thought were pretty cool. And I just thought I was going to go and maybe have like an informational interview with her and just kind of say, 
you know, just tell me about your job and see if I like it. We ended the conversation that day with her offering me an internship, helping her with the process of writing a cookbook and testing the recipes and developing them and going through the photography and all of the book promotions. And with that, we did a lot of cooking demos. So basically, it was like a crash course in my current job now, or at least like a little dip my, get my toes wet into the world of Southern living and recipe development and food PR. So um, I am forever thankful for the opportunity that Rebecca gave me while I was at Georgia. And then even after I graduated, she encouraged me after I graduated to go to culinary school, which I did. I moved to Washington, D.C., much against my parents' uh, wishes They thought that was a little bit too far out of the South for them. But to me, D.C. is it's Southern. And I commuted from my like studio apartment in the northern side of D.C. to Gaithersburg, Maryland every day, really bright and early in the morning at 6 a.m. to go to culinary school and did that for six months in the classroom and then six months in a restaurant internship. And I decided to do that back in Atlanta, which was a whirlwind. I worked at Empire State South for the six months of the required internship there and got an internship in the test kitchens at at the time was Time Inc. Food Studios. We have gone through a lot of parent companies since I started in 2016. It was Time Inc. and then Meredith and now we're Dot Dash Meredith. And I started out as their test kitchen intern, which means that I mostly did grocery shopping pantry stocking, pantry cleaning, but I also got to do some recipe testing and development thrown in there too. Ooh. What a what a story. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> Good grief. Okay. Let's go back. So culinary school. Until she said this, was this anything that you had ever thought about? I mean, I get I'm assuming that you consider yourself a foodie chef ish did you think you were that when you went to school or um so I grew up a very picky eater which so but I loved cooking I mean most kids grow up picky eaters picky eaters not most kids a lot of kids do and I I I was raised on chicken fingers my mom thought I was going to grow feathers out of my ears um but you know I, I don't know it was like it was a fun childhood. I cooked with my mom and my grandma and my dad. He did competition barbecue. And so it was just like a real food was a big part of our lives. And my parents were huge entertainers and hosts. And they all the time, we always had somebody over at our house. And that to me is just so Southern. And so it's always been a part of me. Um, but then I really started getting into cooking kind of when I was 13. I was over at a friend's house and they had chickens. So the neighbors had eggs and the mom asked me, she said, do you want to make a cake with these eggs? And I was like, okay, sure. She's like, let's make a pound cake. And at the time I was like, pound cake. I was like a 12 year old. This is pound cake was not my thing. I was like into, you know, icing cakes or like ice cream cakes. I don't know. I was like, that's boring, but I'm going to go with it. And I ate pound cake and we made it. And it was the best pound cake that I have ever had. And so I came home and told my mom, I was like, mama, I have got to have a KitchenAid mixer. We like, that was the best pound cake. I'm, I think that's the reason that it wasn't the fresh eggs. It wasn't any of that. It was the, the KitchenAid mixer. Um, and so 
for my birthday that year, when I turned 13, I got a KitchenAid mixer. Very first thing that I ever made was the pound cake, which lo and behold was the Southern Living cream cheese pound cake, which I still swear by as the best pound cake recipe you will ever make. We have another one that people also really love, but to me, it is just not my favorite. Um, The cream cheese one is by and large the best. So that really turned me into like a cook. I really just from then on out, every birthday, every holiday gift giving occasion, I got some sort of cooking something like an apron or I if it's a pink utensil in the kitchen I had it (laughs) (laughs) and so that just kind of became me and so I thought for a while you know I was really big into family consumer sciences most people know it as home ec classes in middle school and high school and so I thought I was going to do that as my job like be a family consumer sciences teacher which I still have a lot to do with that profession and professionally and kind of help them out where I can. But once I did my practicum, which is like the level before your student teaching, I called my mom who comes from a family of educators and she was a teacher herself. I was like, mama, I cannot do a classroom every single day. This is just not for me. I love the art of teaching and I love teaching people about different things, but I just couldn't do it in the classroom. And so I just wanted to find some sort of outlet that I could still, you know, interact with people, teach people. And, but I didn't have to do it in that formal stuffy high school setting. So it kind of was perfect. You seem very self-aware of yourself at that age. I think it takes a lot of like doing in order to figure that out. You don't know that you don't know until you try And I've done a lot of, I've failed at a lot of things and I've tried a lot of things and it just takes learning about yourself in order to figure out what you like to do. So For sure. So you graduate culinary school, which is just, that's just cool. That's just a cool thing. So culinary school lasts six months. So I chose a program. I'd already graduated with two bachelor's degrees from Georgia. I was not about to do another degree program where I had to take Yeah, yeah. English. And so I did my research on um, really upstanding culinary schools in the in the U.S. And this one ranked consistently in the top 10, but they did not have a degree program, which was really the best thing for me. It was just like a certificate program. So I would get the same level of education that I would be getting at all of these top culinary schools, but it was more of a fast paced certificate style of teaching. And I didn't have to take all of the business and math and English classes that I'd already Yes. So culinary school was something that I always thought about and kind of the same way with Southern Living. Like y'all said, like we grew up with it on our coffee tables. It was the Bible, but you never really thought like as a kid growing up, oh, this is someone's job. Like you just see the magazine and you love it and you respect it and your mom like lives by it. And then so do you, but you don't ever think about the behind the scenes of what it takes to put that magazine together and to create the Southern Living brand. And so it never really kind of occurred to me that I could go to culinary school. Like that's not a job that I could work at Southern Living. That's not a job. But then my internship with Rebecca during my time at Georgia really opened my eyes to like the whole other world of food that exists that's out there that people just don't really actually realize. So. Mm-hmm. So how'd you get to Southern Living from this career? So 
Wow. Because of my internship with Rebecca, she helped introduce me to a lot of different people. Like I said, she was at the time a contributing editor for Southern Living. So she had done a lot with the brand before and she had previously worked at Oxmoor House, which was our book publishing company that we was part of our umbrella at the time. And so she just kind of called Sid, the editor-in-chief of Southern Living and the test kitchen director at the time and was like, hey, I have this girl that I think would be really great. Do y'all have any internship opportunities open? So they were like, yeah, we'd love to interview her. So I went in for an interview and for this interview process, you have to go in and you kind of have to do like what they call like a stage or like basically you have to work for a couple of days so they can see how you do before they give you a job. And they had just gone through an intern that I think was not their best intern. And they u- usually had given interns um, year long pro- programs to go through the test kitchens, but they were at the time very apprehensive. And so they offered me a six month Um, sort of stint in the test kitchens. And I was like, yes, I will do that. I will copy papers. I will do whatever I can to be here. And she was like, okay, it's going to be a lot of work. I hope you're ready. And I was like, I'm ready. And so I had to work double time in my restaurant shift. That was like part of my culinary school requirement in order to make it to my start date at the test kitchens in September of 2016 and moved to Birmingham just kind of like out of the blue. Well, not out of the blue. Obviously my job was here, but I didn't do any research on the city of Birmingham. I said, Southern Living is headquartered in Birmingham. I will be living in Birmingham. (laughs) I will be headquartered in Birmingham as well. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So That's what I did. I started my job and it was amazing. I got so many cool opportunities. Like my first week on the job, I got to assist Um, some video shoots that other interns really hadn't gotten to do. And I never thought that video would ever, ever be part of my job. I was going in there to maybe write a cookbook one day or, you know, just be a part of the Southern Living Test Kitchen, develop recipes, have some recipes in the magazine. Like that's what I really loved and thought I wanted to do. And one day they were like, Hey, Ivy, you don't have anything like on your schedule today. So if you want to just make a recipe, any recipe that you want to make and put it on, just develop it, bring it to our normal taste testing process, then one of the brands might put it on their website. We're not guaranteeing anything, but if they like it and they want it to be one of their online exclusive recipes, then, you know, we'll, that you can go ahead and do that today. And I was like, okay. So I picked this cake that I grew up eating. It is a very popular cake in Southwest Georgia, where I'm from, and really only in certain parts of Georgia and Alabama. It is called a little layer chocolate cake. Other people call it different names. Um, It's very similar to the Maryland Smith Island cake, um, like the Louisiana Doberge cake. So it's like little tiny layers that look like pancakes Mm -hmm. that have chocolate icing in between them. You can also have like caramel icing, but chocolate icing is my favorite. And I decided to make that. And it was an 18 layer cake, which drew a crowd. I know. 18? 18. 
Yes. Oh 18 gosh. layers. So it's it's tiny. And I had all four ovens in the way that the test kitchens are set up are is by like bays. And so it's four ovens in like a kitchen bay. And we all have like our own island. But I had all four of those ovens on 400 and whatever, 25 degrees, however hot the cake bakes. <laughs> and you can bake the layers. They bake for five minutes at a time. But I had all of them going. And I was pulling them in and I was making my cooked chocolate icing on the stove. And it's not like a normal cake where you let your layers cool before you put the icing on. You're assembling it with the hot icing and the hot layers all throughout. And then the cake cools as a completed cake. Um, So this was drawing a crowd because I was going in and out of four ovens and icing and people from every floor, it's a five floor building, were coming up because the intern was making this cake that somebody needed to come and see. (laughs) She had taken over the kitchen. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And so Sid came up and the director of the video department, Mike Grady, and they were like, Ivy, what is what is the deal with this cake? And I, I told him and I was like, well, this is a cake that nobody around here had ever heard of because I did a lot of questioning before I made it and nobody had heard of this. But I grew up and I on this cake and this to me is like a Southern cake. And I'm just shocked that people in the Southern Living Test Kitchen don't know what this cake is, because to me, this is like. It was everywhere. It was at every church picnic, every birthday party, every funeral, every baby shower. You name it, this cake was there. Um, But the really special thing was that my great-grandmother for my mom's birthday every year would make the cake. And she would start it at 12 layers for her 12th birthday. And then 13, she would do 13 layers all the way up to 18 layers. So every year she gained a layer. And so I told them the story about the cake. And they were like, you've got to do this for video for Southern Living And I was like, no, that would be awful. I am not good on video. And they was like, no, please. They were like, if we, can we just film it? And if we don't like it or it's not good, we won't post it. And I said, fine, we'll, we'll do it. I specifically in college for a class had to make like a video presentation. And one of my friends had to film me and she was like, you should never do this as your career. (laughs) And I, but I, I never really took an interest in it. There wasn't something that I thought I really wanted to do. So anyway, We made the video and that was in 2017. And it was one of the first videos that the company as a whole had posted like that in the time. It was like a hosted over one minute video where someone was on camera talking like a Food Network show. Um, We were doing all these kinds of hands videos that you saw on Facebook all the time and none of them really had any narration. So this one was like the first of its kind and one of the most successful videos that they published as the entire Time Inc. for the entire year, which was crazy. And from there, we just kind of went into the whole, you're going to be doing a lot of videos from here on out. And I was like, all right, buckle up. (laughs) Yeah, led to another. And here we are. Well, yeah, you're like, you're the face of Southern Living now. (laughs) It is a very... Very wonderful, amazing, humbling job that I take very seriously, but I love it every single day. Yeah. So you're like recognized out in public now, I'm assuming. Do people come up to you all the time? Like, oh, I made that cake, that 18 layer cake. They do. It is very fun. It's always a shock because it's always, not always in my worst moments, but like, you know, it's like, oh, the day that I didn't put on the makeup or brush my hair (laughs) and I'm like just trying to be wearing a baseball cap. No, that's the day I'm going to be seen. Mm -hmm. Um, So it does happen, but I love it every time somebody comes and says, hey, because it makes my job worth it. Like most of the time I'm just talking to a camera 
and you don't really get to interact with people. And, you know, as I said, I love teaching and I love being with people and like seeing them learn things. And that to me is like my favorite part of my job. And so when people come up and say, Hey, is it's really like the best. So how much do you do behind the scenes, you know, with the videos? Are you now become more of the face and you've got interns that are coming up with the recipes or how much, or how much involvement do you have now with that? So most of 99% of the recipes that I make for my videos are existing recipes on Southern Living. So either they have been developed by someone in the test kitchens and they've been in the magazine or they're online. And most of them are not recipes that I've developed. I do get to usually make videos for, I have a column in the magazine that goes every other month called Ivy's Kitchen. And I develop my own recipes for that column and I get to write the little head note, which is very exciting. And I'll make videos for those sometimes, but most of the recipes are actually not my own recipes. They're other people's in the test kitchen that I just get the opportunity to bring to life. We have a whole team of um, social media experts on our social media team that we all kind of brainstorm together about what we think will work for social media. And so we all do that together and kind of come up with content that we think will be successful. Mm -hmm. It's fun. Well, Sarah and I consider ourselves recipe testers as well. <laughs> um, Caroline's Cakes, we, we've had their cakes. We've had, you know, Southern Baked Pie has sent us their things, but alumni cookie dough. Yeah, there's, <laughs> been, a, there's been a lot. We're happy to taste test. There's, yes. I mean, so, if you have any uh, recipes you want us to try out, we're happy to do that. Well, what I was going to say is this book that's coming out with Catherine Cobb, the craft cocktail book, the Southern Cocktails. We're happy to taste test those as well. <laughs> yes, yes. If you need it, if you need it, you know, a, a um, focus group. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Y'all, cocktail day is always my favorite day. I had that earlier this week where I got to make three different ones for videos. And they always somehow stack up on the same day. And I don't. I don't really know how that happens, but by the end of the day, I'm having a real good time doing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's when you call the Uber. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, I work. I shoot a lot of my videos from home, so that I don't have to worry about. But oh, good. This Southern Cocktails book, y'all, it is amazing. I love it. I am not the author. Catherine Cobbs is an amazing writer and editor who helped put a lot of these recipes together. The recipes were developed by a lot of the people in the Southern Living Test Kitchen, and we shot a lot of the photography for the book. It's beautiful the same way that we do for other cookbooks and for the magazine. So that also happens within the food studios here in Birmingham. And just to see that whole process come together is always so much fun. But what I love about this book, my husband and I are really big like at home bartenders. We have like the whole cart set up and we don't really get too much into all of the like you know, garnishes and mixers and bitters, but this book like kind of breaks it down and tells you different ways of making like very classic Southern ingredients and in that craft cocktail kind of resurgence. It brings it to life. And so if you want to make your own homemade bitters and it's like a 12 week process, then you can do it. It tells you that, but it also gives really other like simple garnishes and sugar rims. One of my favorites is like a um, herb, sugar, or salt rim. You could use either sugar or salt, which I think is really cool. They give you two options. And it's like, if you just take the time to make the one little cool garnish, you could use that and make it for a ton of other cocktails that are really, really, really simple that you don't even have to use the book to have recipes for. And that's just, I love that it takes those simple things that you could like be your own bartender and kind of create your own thing. So that's one of my favorite parts about the book. But of course we take like 
classic storied cocktails from all over the South that were invented in the South, like the Seelbach or the Old Fashioned or the Rum Runner or the Sazerac. And we kind of tell the story behind those classic Southern cocktails and then give you the true definitive recipe for that. So it's That's a really- my favorite part. Yeah. That's what I love. Okay. Coolest- the little history behind the, the drink and yes. the Southern history and the Southern locations, all the things. Yeah, and there's so the coolest neighbor on the block mm-hmm. with this book. Yes. And it's always surprising. Like you don't realize how many cocktails, you know, got their start in the South. And so that to me is really cool and just makes me really proud to be a Southerner. Well, and then you have the honeys and you have the, you know, the things that make Southern, you know, the, you chop. I mean, who even knows? You can chop a magnolia probably and, and, and <laughs> muddle it. Muddled, muddled magnolia. magnolia. That's going to be our cocktail. Muddled magnolia martini. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> yeah, so you got to do that with us. You got to, we got to do the recipe. The crime. I would be glad to do that. I, um, I think maybe we can eat magnolias. You can eat honeysuckles. We do have a recipe for a honeysuckle something in there. Oh, yeah. There you go. Um, well, also, we heard that it's about the historic watering holes and like what a watering hole is and how in the South, I mean, sure, there are bars, but how fun that we have. The watering holes mm-hmm. and the speakeasies and, you know, things that make a Southern bar different. Yes. It's just taking these places like the Sazerac or the the hotel or like the clubs where all of these drinks were invented and really just like giving the history and the story behind them. And like, they're not just bars like you see all over. I mean, there are watering holes all over the world, but they really... In the South, they just are a little bit different, and it's just fun that these have been so historical and existed maybe whenever they shouldn't have been existing. Mm-hmm, right, yeah. And have existed since then, and it's just really cool that um, we're able to kind of, like, bring that to life in this book and, like, give show what cocktails they were drinking way back when and kind of people can still enjoy them and call them their Southern staple drink now. Mm-hmm. I love New Orleans. Oh, yeah. Right. There are going to many of those watering holes. Right. Yeah, there's a lot of watering holes there. Okay, so we're so excited about this book. Everybody's got to have one. It's a great gifting option. Where can we find it? It is available now. My favorite place to buy that online is bookshop.org, bookshop.org, because it supports independent booksellers. But obviously, you can also get it wherever books are sold, like Amazon. Love it. Mm-hmm. Love it. Love it. It's a good okay. gift, too. Because we've got the Catherine Cobbs, her, the other book. Which yeah, the, beautiful Waller Colors. Oh, oh it's for Amazing. Yes. Um, okay, but before we let you go, Ivy, we like to do a popcorn round. Okay. Oh, let's go. So, love popcorn. Quick. Yeah, we do, too. <laughs> can't. All right. I assume that you've been on a lot of porches in the South. Where's your favorite porch to drink one of these Southern cocktails? My mom and dad's back patio. It's not okay. a technically a porch, but it's a patio. It's okay. Well, now, we also know that you've traveled a lot with Southern Living. Courtney and I love to travel. We love some Southern cities. I'm in New Orleans. Courtney loves Charleston. So what is your favorite Southern city? Also Charleston. New Orleans is a very close second, though. Mm-hmm. What do you like about Charleston? Everything. It's on the water. The food is amazing. Probably one of my favorite food destinations in the South. The shopping is also great, but really the history. Mm-hmm. Well, we know your pound cake is a Southern staple in mm-hmm. food when it comes to baking and food and your 18-layer cake, historic 18-layer cake. But what is something else? What's another Southern staple 
Oh, y'all, people think that I'm a baker, but I'm really not. I love savory cooking. My favorite meal is actually a summer vegetable plate. So you've got like your black eyed peas or your field peas, a plate of fried green tomatoes, whole fried okra with cream corn and like a very ripe tomato that you just picked that's still hot from the sun with just some salt and pepper. Mm. That is my absolute favorite thing. Mine to too. Make. Um, it's my favorite. Does your husband love your profession? <laughs> yeah. Oh, he he is the luckiest man ever alive. He loves my job. He maybe loves it a little bit too much because our pant sizes have both increased since I have, you know, started working from home and making all these delicious things, but it's okay. It's worth it. Yeah. I would say Jason, this would, he would just love this. Yeah. He would love this. Um, that's funny. Well, um, okay. So if I was to grab your purse and dump it on the ground, what's always in your purse? Lipstick and not even just in my purse, it's everywhere. My mom says to never go anywhere without my lips on. Uh, lipstick that's what's in my purse. I mean, obviously, keys and wallet and all that, but the lipstick is in there always. Well, what's the color? Yeah, well, it's a mix of colors. I do a lot of you know mixology on my lips, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I really love L'Oreal Blushing Berry for me. It's just like a really cool color with my skin tone. Um, that and Raisin Rapture also by L'Oreal. If it's in, if it's got anything to do with like blushing berries, raisins, or wine, it's probably in my lipstick. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Love it. Love it. All right. Well, I think we can best sum this up. What is your favorite Southern saying? Ooh. Hey, y'all. Hey, Hey, (laughs) y'all. That's cute. Yeah, that's perfect. Well, good. Well, Ivy, it's been so fun to have you on today. We know that you've worked with our several of our friends and several people we've had on the podcast. Katie Jacobs is uh, one of our speakers at our getaway this year. We know that y'all have done several collaborations, and it's been fun to see you with, with our people, too. Thank you. It's been so much fun getting to talk to y'all. I love Katie. That is going to be so much fun at your getaway. I know. Yes. She's great. Yeah. She's bringing her all the cookies with mm-hmm. her. Mm-hmm. Oh, of course. I can't wait for her book to come out. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks so much. It's so good to talk to y'all. And Thank if you, you ever so need us in Birmingham in that test kitchen, yeah. let us know. We'll be your short drive away. We can clear the calendar. <laughs> y'all are welcome anytime in my kitchen. <laughs> thanks. Talk soon. Bye. 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 Well, let's just jump right in to Southern living, to mm-hmm. Southern living, which is pretty much, I would say that's what we do every day. We're just living Southern. <laughs> Yes, yes. And we're Southern living. Amen, sister. Right. <laughs> well, that was like a true dream of mine, you know, to be in contact Let's talk about with that. Southern living. Let's talk about that. Well, Why, what is it? What is it? It's like Southern living. I guess it's just been a part of my life for so long. I mean, from the time, early days, all okay. I can remember Southern living. The magazine coming in. I would look through it. I would cut out recipes. Yeah, cover I, to like, cover. Looked at porches. I mean, I designed my house through Southern Living Magazine. Sure, ripped ripped all pages out, all of it. Mm-hmm. And I just knew as a child that I would be in Southern Living one day. Mm-hmm. And I thought, like, they're gonna put my recipe in there someday. <laughs> I just know it. I just know it. Or they're gonna come over to my house and they're gonna look at my hydrangeas and my magnolia tree mm-hmm. and they're gonna say, "We need a picture of you on your front porch sipping your sweet tea." Looking at your flowers. Yeah. In a garden hat. Yeah. Eating tomatoes. Yeah. I just knew it. So Southern Living was like, I mean, it's like there with Jesus. It's like the Bible and the magazine. hmm You know? Yeah. So 
I still put think of it that way. Yeah, I mean, I do too, differently. But I mean, I do, I definitely remember Southern Living being, you know, on the yeah. coffee table or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I had a different, you know, I. I liked cottage living. Okay. I, I liked Domino. So I pulled, you know, I pulled things from cottage living. I still have magazines from cottage living, um, <laughs> which was a break off mm-hmm. of Southern Living. Southern Living was a part of Southern Progress. Mm-hmm. And Mississippi State had a great relationship through our communication PR marketing department with Southern Progress. So I had many friends. Our department was kind of like a feeder department for them had lots of friends that it was just like a default are you going to go into journalism are you going to go into southern living are you going to work for southern progress and work for one of their magazines under the umbrella yeah that never even like crossed my mind that that was even attainable to go i mean if i had known that i'd been at mississippi state yeah getting really yes yeah it was um yeah so it was very much and I mean there were several under that umbrella that we had friends I mean my my cousin was the homes editor for Southern Living for years really yes I don't know why I just I guess uh-huh. it's just because it's up on this pedestal yeah you know of jobs to me that well Tuscaloosa Samford I mean there were there were several University of Alabama obviously there were several that contributed to that but yeah just a strong communication department mm-hmm yeah, yeah, that's what it went. See, my parents were just like, just graduate with a degree so we can get a job and get you out of here. Okay. Yeah, education. Just get a degree. Well, I honey. didn't, I mean, I didn't know what I was going to do with communication. Mm-hmm. I just, I just knew that I had to do it because it, it just made so much sense to me. I mean, I want to go into tourism and events, which is what I ended up going with. But um, yeah, like I'll never forget, I had this professor. It was like, if you want to work for Southern Progress, you have to know AP style. And AP style is like when to use all the correct grammar. And I was like, well, that's not me. I'm, I'm, more, I'm more of the creative route. You could really do two routes. You mm-hmm. can go creative or go more journalistic style. And and those people went to um, yeah. Southern Progress. Oh, see, I think I could just, I could see myself right now making yeah. up recipes and coming up with the so stuff. So you feel like you were uh, Ivy before Ivy was Ivy. <laughs> Is what you're saying. That's what I'm saying. I mean, Ivy, if you're listening to this, there's a streak of jealousy that that I can see in Sarah that's a mile wide. I just, I wish I could go back and like tell myself, you could have done this. Like, this is something, this was attainable. This was a job out there, an opportunity. Yeah. It just never really crossed my mind. Okay. So when y'all were at school, I know HGTV is based in Knoxville. Was there any kind of connection to that? I mean, there might have been within the major. You were an education major, so it wouldn't have crossed your desk. No, no. I mean, I was just looking at fraternity houses on the weekends, (laughs) getting to class on Monday morning, you know? Yeah. yeah. That's all I was really thinking about. Okay. Yeah. All I was thinking about, really. I know. I mean, yeah. it's just kind of like, Mom, we really we will have a job when we yeah. finish. Yeah, I mean, that was things it. I could go back and tell myself. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I thought it was funny when she was talking about, you know, she was in the test kitchen and just could rattle off a southern dish. If somebody said, you know, make your most southern dish, what would what would you say? What would Gosh, you say that would be? That's so tough because there's so many categories to this. No, I'm not. Don't overthink it. I am gonna overthink. I'm this. just like I'm coming to your house. Okay. Okay. I'm coming to your house for dinner, mm-hmm. and I want you to make me a southern meal. What are you gonna make me? Okay. Well, I would make you some kind of shrimp dip. Okay. To start. Okay. And I'd serve it with little Melba toast crackers. Okay. Okay. So I would serve serve that, or I would do like a homemade pimento cheese on a little rye toast. And yeah. Help that. You know, just easy, quick. Just we'll pick those up. Yeah. And then I would probably make some sort of casserole, mm-hmm. and I would serve it with my grandmother's green beans that cook, you know, all day. 
What is? What does she do? Oh, just beans? it's just a ham hock, the mm-hmm. green beans, and mm-hmm. you just cook it down all day long in a like a in saucepan. a big saucepan on the stove. Yeah. Okay. And it just has to go all day till there's basically no water left, Ugh. and they just shrivel up. Divine. They're so salty. Zero <gasps> nutrients in it. Mm, Zero so nutrients. So good. So good. Delicious. Mm-hmm. Do you eat the ham from there? No. After it, no. no. It's just for garnish. Yeah, yeah. It's just and then for you flavor. Have to, yeah, and then you have to top it off with some sort of cake or pie. Yeah. I don't know. I can make a pretty good chocolate cheesecake with homemade whipped cream. I'd probably serve you with that. Yeah. I, I've never done that. Yeah, chocolate shavings on top. I love cheesecake. Oh, I, I'm going to make you my chocolate cheesecake. All right, what about you? We would love that. What okay. about you? Um, the meal for sure would be chicken and dumplings. Oh. Yes. It would be my grandmother's, my Maymaw's chicken and dumplings with buttermilk biscuits. Mm. And the and the um, dumplings are made with buttermilk to Yum. die for. Now, before that, we would probably, I mean, I don't know. We had a pimena. It's definitely, I think about pimena. I don't love a cucumber sandwich or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So I def- I want to dip with a Frito. Yeah, yeah. No, I want a Frito. bacon and a cream cheese and mm-hmm. a pen- like almost like that boucan dip, you know, yeah, yeah. with a glaze and a Frito. Mm. Then I want chicken and dumplings with homemade biscuits and fried potatoes. Oh, my gosh. We should do a progressive dinner. We'll do appetizers we at should. my house. We'll come have chicken and dumplings at your house, mm-hmm. and we'll go to do dessert somewhere else. Somewhere. Well, no, you'll do your I'll cheesecake. I'll do my chocolate cheesecake. So, yeah, so that's what I, when I think about that, I think about my grandmother, like I can remember us rolling them out on her counter. I remember us slicing the the, uh, the dumplings. I remember her showing me how to lay them crisscross in the broth so that they, she made long dumplings, not little chippy dumplings mm-hmm. out of, you know, out of like biscuit dough. No, no. you made the dough mm-hmm. and then you crisscrossed them in the broth. Oh. Whole chicken on the bone, then pull it from the bone. They were to die for. That is Southern living right there. It is. That is. It is. And, you know, I think sometimes, I I mean, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole because I really could, but I think a lot of times Southern living is in the patience of the living, Mm -hmm. and we don't do that much anymore. You know, it's quick, and it's pickup, and it's what can I fix fast, and what can I air fry? Can I air fry chicken and dumplings? Well, I don't want them <laughs> if I can't air fry them. You know? And it's just like, no, we're, lo- we're lost. We get lost in the living part yeah. of it. And so... Oh, that makes me feel like I need to go cook chicken and dumplings with my girls or something. I mean, really. Yeah. Truly. Because you look up, and all of a sudden our kids are 14 this summer, mm-hmm. and it's like, what do they know how to do? Uh, <laughs> good question. I made mine wash laundry yesterday, and you would have thought oh, it was Lord. rewriting the Constitution. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So yeah. anyway, it was funny to hear her talk about, I'm, I'm going on here. It was funny to hear her talk about the layered cake because that is a tradition that we have had also in our house. I did not know it was a Georgia thing. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. We just called it the layered cake or the Miss Debbie cake because Miss Debbie is the one that always made it. But it <laughs> And Miss Debbie told you it Debbie was called Miss Debbie cake. Well, right. After and she her. told us how to make it. Uh-huh. And so it's really my sister's cake. Like if somebody was making me a cake, what could you make me? I want a yellow cake with chocolate icing. Mm-hmm. Or I want... An, a um, like a King Dong cake, like where it's chocolate with the marshmallow cream in the middle and then a chocolate on top. Ooh, That's yeah. what I really want. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Miss Debbie cake is the 18 layers, and it's hot, and it's delicious. Mm. It doesn't set up like a fudge frosting. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. Like a, you, it's like you pouring it from the saucepan on there. Mm, and it's and just, it just kind of like soaks into the cake. But remember no. Caroline's cakes was kind of like that? Their chocolate cake yeah. had, was multi-layered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it but was it 18. Have, yeah, but it didn't have... 
It had the icing in there, though. Yeah, because it came frozen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. But um, Caroline's cakes are so good. I mean, again, that's a a staple. Pecan pie, you know, I mean, that's what it really means, I feel like, to, like, Mm -hmm. live Southern. Yep. You know? Chicken pot pie makes me think of Amanda. I know. All of our friends. All of our friends. All of our friends. Well, speaking of friends, Catherine Cobbs, who we've gotten to know yeah. through Elizabeth High School, mm-hmm. has the new book out, Southern Cocktails. We have her Pantry Cocktails book, right. which is why I was so excited to hear about her new book coming out with Southern Living, Southern Cocktails, because the Pantry Cocktails, it's the best gift to give to someone. Right. So cute. Right. Wrap that up with some sort of I mean, yeah, anything, a, napkin, a bitter, a napkins, bitter, some glasses, glasses. The Estelle glasses would yeah. be amazing. Oh, that's a cute, yes, yeah. yes. I'd love that. I know. Um, it's just, and it's beautiful. The book itself is beautiful, mm-hmm. and the Southern Cocktails book coming out with Catherine Cobbs is, is the same. I know this is silly, but I always feel like I'm really doing it when I make a cocktail. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's one thing to pull out a white claw when your guests are here. It's an entirely different thing to be like... I've this is fresh lime, you know, like squeeze, and I'm shaving the lime. You know what I'm saying? Or like, oh, yeah. don't don't worry about it. I batched it earlier today. Yeah. It's been bitters that I've it's made been six months ago. Muddling for 48 hours. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Again, yes. it's the yeah. difference in being intentional mm-hmm. and having patience yes. in that part. Of Southern living. It is. I do have a quick, easy cocktail that I made last weekend, Memorial Day weekend, that you would like. You know, you're talking about whipping out the the white claws and stuff in your guests. Yeah. Make a big batch of this. It's like a beer, a beer, I don't even know what you call it, beer pool drink or something. There's some some name for it. Okay. Regardless, you muddle up um, raspberries, blackberries, blueberries, strawberries, just any kind of fruit you have in there. Mm -hmm. Just muddle it real good. Um, I would probably would have strained it out a little bit, but chunks were still in it, which was fine. Dump just a, a bunch of vodka mm-hmm. into the pitcher. I mm-hmm. mean, I'm saying go halfway, and then take beer and just fill the rest up with beer. Oh, interesting. So refreshing. Really? A buzz like that, well, but I, deli- in a delicious way. I've got the pool, so you bring That's the drink. That's what I'm saying. It's perfect for you. You bring the drink. I've got the pool. Mm-hmm. Let's do And it's do kind of that. like a fancy white cloche. Drink, yeah, you know? it's like got a little bit of fizz. Fizz with the beer, the vodka to get you turned, <laughs> and the muddled fruit to make it fancy. Yeah, I just always am like, hmm, would you like this, you know, with a cube? Of, <laughs> you know, Jason always has his little cubes, oh. and the, you know, mm-hmm. one's like the shape of a bulldog. He's <laughs> oh, like, God. would you like a bulldog cube? <laughs> I don't know. I d- oh. Yeah, it's beautiful, and I'm so excited that she's doing this with them, mm-hmm. and Thank you to Elizabeth for introducing us. I to mean, her. Elizabeth knows everybody. Gosh, she does. That getaway with her last year was so much fun. I know. Mm. It, well, and I, I have great expectations for Katie. Oh my gosh, Katie's going to be amazing this Katie year. Katie has a new book, all about cookies. All about cookies, and I mean, she's going to be insane. Mm-hmm. And she's going to bring all of her stuff, and we're going to have a little. Cookies and cocktail. And if you're a fan of Southern Living, if you're listening and to this, just, she's huge in Southern yeah, Living. She's she all over the covers and everything. She and Ivy are great friends. Katie has styled several of their covers and several of their their um, excerpts and mm-hmm. their fall tailgating. I mean, everything. That's my favorite cover she's ever done, that yeah. tailgating fall. Mm. She can do anything. But I think I think we should go ahead and announce the announce next it. one. Let's do it. Okay. Coming to the 2023 Getaway in Fairhope, Alabama this year, Mandy Kellogg Rye of Waiting on Martha Home. 
We are so excited to have her coming. If you know how we feel about Mandy, it's really, um, it's almost like meeting someone that you're kind of, I don't know, that you like have a crush on and then you meet them and they're like, and you're like, we're boys now. Yeah. Like we're yeah. friends. Yeah. We text on the side. <laughs> we fell in love in Alabama and, um, I mean, in Atlanta and yeah. yeah. We filmed our web series with her. Yeah. Our first series. That was two years ago, I think, right? Yeah. Two or three years ago. Um, so she was the second interview we ever did or the third. She was the third interview we ever did in the web series. They all blend together. They do all blend sure. together. Yeah. We were scared to death to interview her, to mm-hmm. meet her, because mm-hmm. she was so... She's just a boss babe. Ugh. She's just one of that those dynamic that, mm. personalities that she's like, yeah, I'm from Chicago, and I created a business out of nothing, and it's wildly successful, and I have a million followers on Instagram, and, and I have I'm two Cavaliers. I, yeah. <laughs> I have two Charles, King Charles Cavaliers, and I've made a brand. And this is my home in the mountains. Yes, and this my is home in the mountains. And <laughs> awesome. my husband Trey. And uh, she's just fabulous. Yeah. But then also, like, so down to earth yeah. and so easy. So tell everybody what she's doing. We've, got, we've done the drum roll, we've done the introduction, we're obsessed with her. <laughs> we all know this now. She's coming to our getaway to help curate our Friday night dinner party. Mm-hmm. The dinner party that is. Every, the, I think it's one of the highlights. It's the, of the coveted trip. event. Yes, it is. Yes, it, it is. is. So it's kind of the event. It's the evening we all get dressed up. Mm-hmm. Not super fancy or anything. It's just a nice dinner party. You know, um, we usually have a speaker in the morning. We'll be doing an event that morning. Um, then you have the afternoon to shop and break and nap or run or whatever you want to do. Drink. Well, we don't care. It's your weekend. And then we all meet together. We'll do a shopping experience. Like we've done every year where we have local boutiques and we bring people from really not just local, it's from all over the South that'll come, bring their goods. You can shop, have a fancy cocktail, some sort of specialty drink. Then we'll all sit down for a lovely dinner. Um, I can't wait to hear what she's got in store for us. I know. And no detail is left unturned. You know what I'm saying? Never. This is when we had the monogrammed, the... Little ties last year. Remember yeah. that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They were beautiful. Yeah. We had to go get a monogram down in Fairhope. We were missing what two? Yeah, that was. Oh, bad. did we ever tell that story? I, I think so. Oh god, let's not bring it up. Stress. I'll start sweating again. <laughs> that was my. I made a big goof. I made a big goof. <laughs> but it all worked out. Thanks preppy to the lovely preppy stitch. Thank is a genius. She's, yes, she's a miracle worker. Uh, so oh. anyway, um, but yeah, no detail is left. Undone. I mean, the flowers and the linen and the place setting and the china and the menu. I mean, everything, everything. is curated. And last year, we, you know, uh, we had Crosby, Molly Birch, come and speak. And so we used her fabric in the napkins mm-hmm. and the table runners. It was like the, the whole theme, the menu, the print, all of the things. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. It was amazing. It's just special. Mm-hmm. It's just, I mean, you feel like for a group of 40 women... This event, the whole weekend's for you, but this event is really for you. Mm-hmm. It is the the time every year that I have looked around, and I'm like, wow, all these women have traveled yeah. from all over the country. They're all taking time off of their busy lives from children, from work, from husbands, from grandchildren, from whatever it is, to come and to meet new people, to have new experiences, to get to sit and dine next to these people they know on Instagram. I know. And... To look around and everyone's laughing, everyone's getting along, having a good time. It really is something special. It is the moment that we're like, oh my gosh, yeah, we did it, we did it, yeah, high five. It is. It's it's very um, 
I don't know. It's just special. Mm-hmm. It's just special. Well, and, and we still so, have some tickets left. So we do. if people would like to get tickets, you can get those tickets on our website, thesayitsouthern.com. And on our Instagram page, under highlights, mm-hmm. there's lots of uh, clips you can see. You can go back and kind of see what the getaway is. If you're looking to learn more about it, also message us. We're happy to chat about it. We love talking about it. We can tell you all the things. All the things. I had somebody message last week that was like, I kind of want to buy a ticket. I don't know if I should rent a car. I'm like, girl, how much time you got? You want to just call me? <laughs> I'm like, here's what you got to do. You got da-da-da-da-da. But I will say we are sold out of our suites mm-hmm. at Jubilee Suites. Yes. So at this point, we still have half our tickets left, which is normal. I mean, mm-hmm. we we only have room for about half of you guys. And so the other half, they rent Airbnbs. They stay at the Grand. There's there's a Hampton Inn down the road in downtown. I mean, there's plenty of plenty options. Plenty of places to stay. Really yeah. close to, to Jubilee, where we'll be. So. Yeah. And we provide transportation to all the things that we do. So all you've got to do is get to us, then we'll get you to all the places. That's right. Amen. Easy peasy. Easy peasy. Bring your We'll flask. see you in Fairhope. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.